Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast with myself gary and and how are you mate how was your weekend yeah really good mate yeah i did something normal this week went to a bit of a music festival so um thoroughly enjoyed myself nice to get out and about ah definitely mate definitely you know we've got to get out there while we still can yeah but, uh, <laughs> definitely so um obviously the premier league season kicked off this weekend friday we had one game saturday and sunday we had a few games as well um so we're just going to go through just a review of basically the first week of the PL, um, starting with uh, the new boys, Brentford, against Arsenal, mate. What was your thoughts of that game? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know it was deemed as as a shock with, like, obviously Brentford's new uh, new regime and everything like that taking on Arsenal, but I, I really wasn't surprised at all by that. Um, I mean, I, I'm, obviously Arsenal had Lacazette and Aubameyang out with, I think they've got, like, COVID-related illnesses or something, but... For me, that was an ideal game for Brentford, you know, at home to a team who aren't very good away from home. To be honest, not very good, period, to be honest. But, yeah, very nice, great to see them, you know, great to see them doing, like, a lap of honour when the uh, when the fault line whistle went. But they thoroughly deserved it. I mean, they were, they were absolutely miles better than Arsenal. I mean, if that was, like, if you were uh, a, a person who'd never watched a Premier League football game, you said... There's a newly promoted side against you know a, a team that's won countless trophies over the years, has won the um, the Premier League, has you know got the final Champions League. You'd be struggled to find many people who thought that would have been Arsenal because they were they were very abject uh, and quite worrying because it seems that they've just taken the form of last season onto this season and. You know, there's all these sap races that, that get started at the start of the season and Arteta's name's got to be high up there because it's not working, is it, at, at, at Arsenal? I, I don't know whether it's the money, whether he's not allowed to bring the players he wants to bring in, but the players he's... I mean, he's... I can understand the Saka thing, you know, having him on the bench after what happened with Saka at the Euros and what happened afterwards. I can totally understand that. And to, a, to an extent, I agree with it, but... 
you know, when you, when you've you've lost your best two strikers and then you've got another, you know, another one of your better players on the bench, it's it was just it was poor. But the, the, again, the age-old Arsenal problem: we can't defend, and if you can't defend, you're not going to win football matches. Simple as. Yeah, you make a good point there as well, Ant. And um, to be fair, what I wanted to go into there is you mentioned Arteta, and I mean we had this conversation last year about Arteta, and I'd said I didn't feel he was ready for the Arsenal job, but at the same time, with Arteta, like. I like the project which he's trying to develop, you know, the youth players. Like, I do like it, but I still just think maybe this job is just too much for him. I'm not writing him off there, but I kind of am at the same time. I think maybe they need more of an experienced head. And in all honesty, he's definitely, like, he's put Florian Balogun up front and he's took Brentford lightly by putting him in. Mm-hmm. And he's put in Sambi Laconga in midfield as well, making his debut. He's never played in the English Premier League before. He's came from the Belgian leagues. To me, he's look, it's looked like he's thought he's going to cakewalk Brentford. And you know what? Brentford were fantastic. They were. But like, I mean, we, we did obviously did the review with um, with all the guys last week. And I don't. I think there was only Johnny who said Brentford would go down, wasn't it? You know, we all, all think that Brentford will, will do well. And, you know, what Brentford are known for is to attack teams, you know. Yeah. So you've just got to get... Being, being a side of Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal on, on paper and in inability are better than Brentford. You know, all over the park, really. You've, you've got to like weather the storm. You know, get them on the counter attack, and then you know try and um, try and attack them. But they didn't even do that. They were they were just they were poor. I mean, it could have been it could have been three, four, or five before Arsenal even started to get out of like first first gear. To be honest, it was it was very very poor. But like I say, it's the age old thing. They just can't defend. Yeah. Um. And and that's that's just, it's going to kill you. You know, they're never going to get into the top four, the top six with with the defence that they've got. I mean, you know, I, I like Keeman T. I think Keeman T is a very good footballer, but he's not known for his defensive side. He's in the tapping left back, you know what I mean? And you know, it's it's very um I think it's I think it's worrying. I'd be worried if I was an Arsenal fan. I think a lot of them are quite worried, aren't they? And for me, them getting rid of Willick is ridiculous, to be honest, because I think Willick could have wouldn't have looked out of place, but I mean, wouldn't have looked out of place in their midfield. Maybe you know what I mean? He's done a very honest. good job when he went to Newcastle, and I think he'll do a good job for Newcastle um, when when he when he gets when he gets a few games and everything like that. But it's um, it's where well, I'd be worried if I was an Arsenal fan. I think it's just going to be another season of of toil and torment. I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, one positive. Well, actually, there's a couple of positives to come out of the Arsenal squad. I thought Emil Smith Rowe looked quite good, and I did think that he he fit the role in in like the attack midfield slot. Um, which is great to see. You know, he's came through the youth ranks, which is great. Um, Granite Jacker for me, if he sees red, he doesn't want to play and he wants to injure people. Don't like that about him. Ben White, fifty million. I don't think he had the greatest of debuts, in my honest opinion. No, um, no, it was very poor for the second goal, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. It was. It was uh, Yeah, it's just they, they keep on. Like I say, I mean, the fought Ben White, and you know, I, I think Ben White's a good player, but it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? You know, going from from Brighton to Arsenal, it's you know, it's a different kettle of fish altogether. And um, yeah, like I say, well done, well done to Brentford. Like I say, Brentford will be fine this season to play like that and attack like that. They'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, the worry for Brentford would be when they play the better sides, you can't like like I say, you can't go out and attack Man City. You know, Man City will just pick them off. Yeah. You know, same with Chelsea, probably same with Man United and things like that. So they're going to have to kind of think of a structure where they're going to have to learn how to defend a little bit better. But um, no, clean sheet. You know, against one of the well, we say one of the one of the um, the top 
six of the Euro Super League. You know, um, you know, re- really good start. I'm over the moon for for Thomas Canis as well because they were a great club. You know, good family. You know, orientated club. And you seen at the end when they did that lap of honour and they were uh, they all went to hug that uh, that child who was giving them uh, giving them the claps and everything like that, which yeah. is lovely. You know what I mean? It's great to see. And I think they'll be I think they'll be very entertaining team in the Premier League this season. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching them again. Yeah, great support. And you know what? Their new stadium is beautiful as well. In my honest opinion, I think it's a really nice stadium. Um, which is great to see Brentford. One, it's great to see Brentford in the Premier League. It's great to see them in the Premier League with, with a brand new stadium as well. And they do have great ownership as well. And they are very focused on their youth system, which Thomas Frank mentioned in an interview before that game. So great to see. Really overjoyed with Brentford to get the 2-0 uh, victory over Arsenal. And um, we'll go on to the um, the Saturday day fixture. Man United against Leeds United. What was your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I mean, I'm not going to lie. You had a good one there in the dream team with Bruno Fernandes hat trick, mate. I know. I mean, to be honest, it's a no-brainer putting Bruno in your side. You know what I mean? I know, like all the dream team things, and it, it gets harder every year because obviously the better players, like De Bruyne, is your Bruno was not they go up in value, and it's harder to get, to get like a, a right uh, shape, I suppose, with your team. You know, you have to make like a sacrifice here and there, but. I mean, I, I mean, as much as Bruno took all the, you know, the boys got the match ball and everything, I thought Paul Pogba was absolutely tremendous. You know, that was the Paul Pogba Man United spent ninety odd million on. You know, that 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 he came, he came to the fore on there uh, on Saturday. Leeds, on the other hand, were absolutely dreadful. Um, and I mean, did the tip? Did that? Don't know that they equalised or didn't they? I mean, that was a lovely goal that, but. I'd be worried again. I'd be worried if I was a Leeds fan because it looks as if like, they might have been found out defensively, um, and then they're going to have to defend better against. You know, obviously they've come against Man U. Man U is one of the you know favourites for the title, but I'll be a little bit worried if I was a Leeds supporter. There. Uh, I can I can agree with that. To be fair, like found out good point to make. I mean, you look at their team and you know what, right? I considered putting Elian Meslier in my dream team and I am so glad I didn't because I thought he was brilliant last season. Um, And that's not me saying that he was at fault for any of the goals. I just look at their team on paper playing a 4-1-4-1. Doesn't look like there's been much development there in all honesty. And then you look at no, and they team. haven't made many signings, have they? Like in, yeah. in the summer, you know, they've they're relying on last season's model and last season's um, last season players, which is all well and good, but you know, you need to freshen it up as well. I mean, you saw last year with Sheffield United, and they kept the majority of the same, um, and and went down very very easily, very quickly. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to look at you know spending a little bit of money, um, which I'm I'm not sure if that's um, what the owner tends to do, but we'll. We'll soon find out, but um, you know, Bielsa's got a little bit of a, a rescue mission already after after one game. Because I mean, that was a that's a very bad result again, especially against Man U, where there's a lot, little bit of rivalry as well. So, yeah. um, but United, like I say, United looked as if they are going to mount a serious challenge. I know um, Johnny last week he had them as as um, as his champions, and you know that was a champions winning performance. Really, they were very very impressive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know what? He, he wasn't the biggest fan of Lindelof either, but, you know, Lindelof and Maguire looked all right, but, you know, Pogba ran and Maguire. Lindelof set one of them up. He was actually really good. I think he set the last Bruno goal up. I mean, like I say, Bruno Fernandes is just, he's the boy, you know what I mean? He's going to get loads of goals for, for United this season. Um, you know, he's, he's the penalty takers. He scores lots of penalties. You know, he's, he can... He reminds me a lot now. I think Bruno Fernandes is becoming the new like Cristiano Ronaldo for Man for Man U, where he is becoming the player. Yeah, you know. But they've got, I mean, they've got Jadon Sancho who came off on the bench. He's to come in. You know, the the um, Varane who who the the, the um who brought up just before the 
the start of the game, you know, he'll only improve that defence. So, um, yeah, interesting and a great start for them. You know, I don't think anyone expected a 5-1, but, um, you know, what a, what a way to start, you know what I mean? Loads of goals, they'll be over the moon with it. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to start lining up as well in a 4-2-3-1 formation, which is how they're lined up on Saturday, if you put Pogba, Fernandez, and Sancho as, as year three behind the forwards, such as Rashford or Greenwood, or Cavani even, that's kind of frightening, mm-hmm. to be fair. That is actually quite a good lineup. Uh, Tom, McTominay and Fred, you know, on paper, they're not world beaters, but you know what? They had a good game. They were really good. In oh, I, I think McTominay is a really good player, to be honest. Um, yeah. you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know, bring up many trees, but he's a good Premier League player. You know what I mean? So, um, and Fred alongside him, I mean, Fred's had a bit of a slow burn and start him he's in Man United career to be honest but yeah he did well and he got himself a goal so um, yeah long may it continue for them you know um, I do think as well Van Beek for uh, for United might start getting a few more games and might see start seeing the best of him so um, the only surprise I have a man you to be honest was De Gea starting in goal because I thought Henderson was now their number one but um, you know, it seems as if De Gea is so we'll um, see that'll be an interesting thing to look at um, while the season goes on yeah I think there'll be some rotation there but yeah um, they, they, they started off really well and you know uh, Johnny put it out there Man United as champions that was a champion champions performance but we'll uh, we'll move on to Leicester as well mate Leicester against Wolves obviously mm-hmm. Wolves had a new coach in the uh, the dugout Bruno Large um, Leicester obviously won 1-0 Jamie Vardy um, what did you make of that game? how do you think Wolves got on under a new coach? Right, Wolves should have got something from the game really because um their jury missed an absolute set, didn't he? Um, yeah. you know, got through and for 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 Leicester as well, that's a huge win for them because they've got all sorts of defensive problems. You know, Ryan Burton came down with their uh, COVID, um, so he was missing. Um, obviously, um, is it Castani or Sionchu got injured? I think it was Castani, wasn't he? He's got injured at the right at the start of the pre pre season. He got a bad, a bad leg yeah. injury. Johnny Evans isn't there. Um, he he was injured, so um, it was good to see. And obviously the evergreen uh, Jamie Vardy again, you know, scoring goals for fun. Um, great finish. So you know, Leicester will be you know, yeah, Leicester will be kicking about up there. You know, in the top in the top six. You know, they're established top yeah. top six side now. The, the worry for for Leicester would be, you know, Europe and playing Europe week in, week out and stuff like that. But uh, once they get all them defenders back, um, you know, they've got Madison and Barnes now back after get both getting uh, bad injuries towards the end of last season. So, yeah, they'll be, they'll be okay. Uh, Ricky Pereira's back as well. So, he obviously mm-hmm. missed most of last season. And he's a brilliant player on his day, Ricky Pereira. Yeah, great assist for the goal as well. Yeah. Great assist for the goal. I I mean I I think Leicester have a a good team to be honest and I do think they're gonna be as long as they keep Brendan Rodgers I think they're gonna be there yeah. or thereabouts around the top six mostly every season to be honest unless something drastic happens. Um, Wolves for me look flat. I didn't really like the way they played and like the formation. I thought three four three wasn't fitting their style. Um, but you know it's one game under a new coach. You can't really judge them that much. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I mean Leicester obviously you know, their top six, top four team. Exactly. Uh, so you would exactly. expect them to get the win in all honesty. The, the biggest win for Wolves, I think, this weekend was seeing um, him and his back after his, you know, after his fractured score. So great to see him back. And once he gets back in there, you know, a little bit of form, you know, he, he's a very good striker. So they, I think they'll be, I do think they'll be near the bottom of the league um, in long term, but I think they'll be, I think they've just got enough to steer up. But um, it's great to see him back, you know, great to see him healthy and everything like that. So, um, and that, that's just a really good win for Wolves, really, um, him being back. 
Therefore, I mean, we'll move on to Watford Villa. I was very surprised, in all honesty, by this result because um, I think Aston Villa have bought really well in the summer. And if anyone's mm. seen Leon Bailey in the Bundesliga, the kid is rapid. And I think that is a really good signing and it's a good replacement, in all honesty, for Jack Grealish because they'll invest the money in the team, which is what they've done. But I was very surprised by the result. What did you make of that one? I thought Watford in the first half were absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, again, great attacking football, scored some nice goals. Um, Villa, Villa's probably, you know, they've got to adapt to losing, you know, Jack Grealish because, you know, he was their best player last season. But, as you said, they brought Leon Bailey in, you know, who, who is a good player, you know, Danny Ings, who got, who got on the score sheet, so that'll be good for them. And his confidence will be all right, you know, start of the season, getting a, getting a goal early on, even though it was a penalty, but that'll boost his confidence up, you know. At the end of the day, it's a start, it's a first game of the season, we against a side who had the best home form in the country last year, you know, and that, that was, that's not just in the Premier League, they had it in the whole, you know, the whole four divisions, they had the best home form. So they don't lose many many games away from uh, at home. Sorry, at Vicarage Road, their, their main uh, thing Watford will be to uh, replicate that form away from home, which I do think they'll struggle. But now they were they were very good. And it was, it's great to see they've kept hold of Saar because Saar's a, a top quality player. Um, you know he'll go far in the Premier League, I think. So um, it might be the last season Watford see of him, but um, he was he was fantastic and fair play to them. You know because I thought Villa would win it relatively comfortably, but. Uh, they didn't. So, I mean, that goes to show then how much anyone can beat anyone really in the Premier League. But, you know, there's the top four who are away and gone really and will be away and gone by the season's end. But, um, and then there's a mini league of, you know, all the rest of them, you know, because anyone can get pulled down, anyone can uh, can can pop up into their top six. So, um, yeah, fair play. Pardon me, fair play. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, on paper, you know, look, you look at Watford's team and it's not a great team. Ismail Assar is by head and shoulders their best player. If they manage to hold on to him till at least January, in my honest opinion, that's a win for them. Mm. Um, you look at Villa's team and you know what? I'm a big fan of Dean Smith. I think he's got good philosophy. He wants to bring in homegrown players and I really like that about him. You look at Emmy Martinez. I don't know why Arsenal didn't didn't keep him because no, he's yeah. long term. He could have been their future keeper. Looking at their back four, Target, Mings, Conza uh, and Cash, all British players, and I really like that. I like that he's building that homegrown team. The lineup that he put out, I wasn't convinced by it. Um, personally, I would have started Leon Bailey. He probably wasn't fit, and that's why he didn't start him. But mm. I just think they looked a bit off the pace. I mean, they did come back, obviously, to 3-2. Um, when we get Watkins and Ings playing up front together in maybe a 4-4-2 formation... Um, they could be quite dangerous and they could have a good season. I just hope they're not going to have a, a Grealish hangover, that's all. No, and the thing is, with, with Grealish there, um, you know, he was there, you know, he was their best player last season, you know what I mean? And, and you know, we can go on, we have different opinions about Jack Grealish, obviously, but, you know, it's hard to to cope with that because, you you, you know, the, the, the biggest player's gone and, and how are they... They've done well getting Bailey. I think Bailey is a good... I think long-term, it will be a good replacement for Grealish. But, like I said, they've just got to get over that. I was just, right, he's gone now. You know, this is our team for this season. They have bought well. I mean, I think Ings is a fantastic signing for them. Um, and they're obviously going to have to find a different way of playing. Because, pardon me, they can't just give the ball to, to Grealish anymore. So, it can't just be that kind of uh, mindset for them so they're going to have to just find themselves again really but they'll be fine Villa they'll be okay 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I do think as well that they'll be all right there. I'm sorry, I just won't close my window because it's banging off me. <laughs> um, no, I think they'll be absolutely sound, to be fair. Um, next game I want to move on to there, mate, is Chelsea Crystal Palace. Um, yeah. Can I say I was personally surprised by the result? I did say in last week's podcast, I don't see Crystal Palace doing much this season. But, you know, I like, again, I like Vieira's philosophy, but I just thought Chelsea were just top class. What did you mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think Chelsea are going to be a massive player now. I mean, they've got Mamalu Lukaku to come in. You know, if he, if he's like kind of is the Romelu, yeah, the Romelu Lukaku that's been the Inter Milan and the Belgian player for the last couple of years, then, you know, they are under an absolutely massive winner there. You know, um, I do think he's got unfinished business at Chelsea. You know, I think he said the same. Um, and 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 they they've just got loads of talent, haven't they? I mean, they've got uh, Fit Pulisic now. You know, he's he's tremendous. Mason Mount, obviously, we all know about him. We all know what he can do. Um, like I say, they've actually got this. You know, a, a talismanic striker now. You know, where that's where they've struggled really, because obviously Werner didn't do it last season. Giroud was probably the main man, but they, they never had that trust in him. I don't think to play him all the time. And obviously, Tammy Abraham's going to Roma, so to get Lukaku in, and you know that'll that'll take them to that next level if you know what I mean so um, they'll be a massive force they're going to be a team to really really watch out for I think you know I think I think City even though I said last week City I know City will get on to City later on Chelsea are going to run a few teams close Chelsea are going to be a very interesting team to watch and I think being like a neutral in watching the Premier League obviously with being supporting the League One side I think Chelsea are probably the team I'm most looking forward to watching on Sky you know every, every week because I do think that they'll have They've got a very, very good style of play under Tuchel now, you know, and uh, great to see Marcus Alonso score a free kick as well. They've always got a lot of time for Alonso, like so. Um, but yeah, that was a great start for them, you know. Again, another clean sheet. Uh, I don't think Mendy had that much to do, um, and and like I said, they've got players to come back in, you know, Thiago Silva's to come in there, you know, Lukaku massive, um, and Lukaku might just bring out the form in in Werner because Werner can now play off him and. You know, it's it's going to be very, very interesting to watch that. You know, Chelsea are going to be, you know, Chelsea are massive contenders this season. Yeah, you, you pointed that out brilliantly there, to be honest with you, mate. Um, I did say last week, I feel like Chelsea's going to be up there. And when I think about Chelsea's team on paper, and for me personally, they're the team that I am most looking forward to watching playing in the Premier League, as well as Brentford, yeah. to be quite honest, because soft spot for them. But, you know, you, you take Mount, you take Jorginho, who had a brilliant Euros, uh, Kovacic, Pulisic, Ziyech, Havertz, yeah. like the talent's just unbelievable in their midfield alone. Then you bring in Tra- Trevor Trabalar, who made a he was fantastic. And he was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, the formation that Tuchel's got them playing, like I, I mean, I've not seen Chelsea play as well as they've played in recent memory for last since probably the Mourinho days in all honesty. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think they're playing really good football and I do honestly think they are gonna push. I mean we all obviously said City for the title. I know Johnny said Man U, but I do think Chelsea are gonna be up there and this has got to be for me, this has got to be a season as far as British players go, this has got to be a season where Callum Hudson Adoy really has to show what he can do if he wants to play. Yeah, this level. I agree with that. Yeah. Um I do but, agree with that. I, I thought Chelsea were fantastic. Going at the Palace, you know, I think Vieira's going to have a task on his hands and it's only one game into it. Steve Parrish, granted, he stuck by Roy Hodgson for a long time, but, you know, he has got a reputation for being a bit impatient also. Mm-hmm. Um, he so... has, yeah, he has. It's it's a big it's a big job for Vieira, I mean, because, like, 
it's probably one of the worst jobs to go into because of how well Roy Hodgson actually did there. You know what I mean? He, he got Palace to, to sustainable in the Premier League where a lot of managers failed with that. They were very much a yo-yo club. Yeah. And Roy Hodgson has like kind of sustained them into um, a half-decent, you know, a half-decent Premier League team, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be difficult. Fiera for me, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I would have chosen Riera for Palace, to be honest, but they're going to be looking down a different route. They are looking at youth, but they need someone up front as well. Like They need, they need somebody up there who's going to get 10, 15 goals, and you can't really see them doing that. You know, they've got IU, Ben Tech, everybody, Ben Tech is injured, but I mean, Ben Tech has been so hot and cold, hasn't he? So you just don't know, you don't know with them because you don't know where the goals are going to come from. And I know it's only one week in, it's hard to write teams off. But where are they going to score their goals? Where are they going to get someone who's going to score 10, 15 goals for them and, and get them to, to, to stay up, really? it's I can't see um, I can't see that ending well, to be totally honest with you. No, you're absolutely right there, though, to be honest, aren't you? are absolutely right. I mean, Ben Teke hasn't, in my honest opinion, he's not been the player that we saw at Villa like, nah, since, nah. He's, since then. He was brilliant, but he's never, ever rekindled that form. He was obviously, in that point in time, he was just a big fish in a little pond. And, you know, he's going to Palace, you know, and not to discredit Palace. They're not the biggest team in the world. Why can't he find form? Is it simply because he can't be arsed? Or is he struggling with injuries all the time? I'm not sure. You'll have to ask him for that, to be honest. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I'll he's had my, one of the best. Yeah, I'll drop my DM. To be honest, he's had a, one of the, a very good man motivator in Roy Hodgson, you know, in there. And I, I think the ones he had the last season, he was starting to find a little bit of form and then he's got injured. But yeah. um, it's, a, it's just such a... A hard job there for obviously, like I say, because of how well Roy Hodgson did for Palace. Yeah. You know, I thought he really did a really, really good job. And um, you do have to give Vieira time, but as as we all know, you don't get time now in the especially in the Premier League. You know, Steve Parish will will not hesitate to push that button if they're you know roundabout there in November, December, and, and results haven't picked up and the performances haven't picked up. And the big thing that they've got now is the fans are back, which is great for everybody. But the you know the the, the fans are your biggest critics as well, you know, and uh, you're not going to be in a, a stadium full of you know nobody with muted sound and stuff. You know the fans are gonna if they don't like what they say, they're gonna you know they're gonna tell you. Yeah. So it's um it's gonna be a difficult one. I do hope he succeeds. Yeah. Because I love Vieira as a player, I thought he was fantastic, but I'm just not sure on it. Like I, I, I'm, I can't remember if last week I predicted to go down. I'm fairly confident I did, but I, I think it'll be a, a season of of a struggle for them really. And um, I hope they can turn it around, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I say, we're only one game in, and yeah. they were expected to lose to Chelsea. Chelsea were always going to roll them over, but. Um, yeah, it was yeah, how easy it was, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what the that's what I'd be worried about was Chelsea. If they wanted to, probably could have scored six or seven. But the but the, the, in the second half, they kind of turned the games off a little bit. Uh, Bar Shalaba getting an absolute beauty of a goal. Um, but the kind the kind of just turned the gaze off, and and you got to think there yeah, that's a Chelsea team without Lukaku in. So yeah. you know, once Lukaku's got to come in there, they're going to get loads of goals. But um, yeah, you, you've got to be worried for being a Palace fan. Like I think they think they're going to be in for a long one. Ah, uh, I agree. I agree. We'll move on to um Everton Southampton. Obviously, Rafa Benitez making his debut in the Everton dugout. Everton mm. fans obviously not a fan of that appointment as of yet <sighs> because of Liverpool. Um. 3-1 win in his first game. I mean, when I saw Southampton take the lead, 
I thought, oh, is this is this going to be one of those games where Southampton's going to kind of do a turn on them? Because to be quite honest with Everton, they haven't really spent any money. So to me, that's saying there's not much of a budget there. Is Rafa going to struggle there? Remains to be seen. I think he's got the knowledge and the ability to obviously not get, uh, not struggle with them. But there's no there seems to be no wage budget. And ultimately, came back to win 3-1. When we had this conversation about Southampton, and I do think they're going to struggle. I mean, what was your thoughts yeah. on that game? Um, obviously, you know, first of all, the Southampton goal, it was a mistake by, by Evan, by Keane, but what a finish that was by Adam Armstrong. I mean, we, we spoke uh, privately and said that's a massive gamble, but, yeah. you know, that's a big chunk of his um, transfer if he already paid off with that finish, you know. Um, and if he can get, it's important that they've they've lost Ings, who was your 10 to 15 goal striker. If Armstrong can carry this form, then they might be all right, you know. Um, you know, it is a huge gamble, but that was a great start, a great start for him and a great start for Southampton. But you always felt Everton were going to come back into it anyway, you know. And what I saw, what what was differently in that, they did highlight this on on uh, on the television on the television over the weekend, was how quickly Everton were getting the ball into the box. You know, they were they were just heads down, crosses straight in, you know, to uh, Calvert Lewin and Ricarlison and whatever. And you know, Calvert Lewin could have had a couple more. Um, you know, before you eventually did get on the score sheet, you know, Carlos in them scoring for them was good, but they looked all right actually. And I think, obviously, I mean, there is this Rafa thing, you know, and it's. I think if I was an Everton fan, I probably wouldn't be happy about that, but you know, they kind of like give them a little bit of crumb and comfort, you know. Sunderland had Bob Stoke was their manager, who was an ex Newcastle manager. And won the FA Cup, you know, in 1973. So, you know, if he brings you trophies or he brings you success, does it really matter? You know what I mean by that? You know, there's there's a lot of managers now who who would go, it's a big job. It's a big job for, for Benitez. Um, it's a job that he feels that he can do. It's a job that he feels he can succeed in. So I think nearly anyone that would have got Bar like obviously because Angelotti, you know that was a that was massive for them losing Angelotti because he he did really well last season. But so any manager coming in, I think would have been like they'd have been ah oh, because didn't want you know Carlo to leave. But it's it is difficult you know to kind of get behind. I can understand why they are like a little bit upset. But look, you won three one. You got a good, got at the end of a good result. You know, give the lad give him a bit of time. You know, Rafa Benitez has won. A lot of trophies at a lot of teams. So, you know, he's a successful manager, you know, and um, he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. I think eventually he'll probably win them over. I don't think we'll ever be singing songs about them or anything like that. Um, That's fair enough. But, um, you know, give him a bit of time, you know, see what happens on the pitch. You know, if results are happening on the pitch, I don't think Everton fans will really give two hoots um, by the time the season's over. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I'm going to quickly touch on Southampton's team when I'm looking mm-hmm. at it. There's no one in that team that I fear personally. James Ward-Prowse is a dead ball player and he, he's a fantastic player. If they lose James Ward-Prowse, they are in massive trouble, in my honest opinion. Yeah. Adam Armstrong... You know what? The, the goals that conceded were very sloppy as well. Like the first one, I think it was, is it Lamina, the centre midfielder? He just leaves it for, uh, for his Lamina goalkeeper. Start, but he, there's no shout. It was like that schoolboy stuff. Like, you know, you just, if you can clear it, clear it. If the goalkeeper shouts and, and you leave it and the goalkeeper makes a hash of it, that's not your problem. You know what I mean? But you don't, it was so lazy. And that's the last thing you want to be seeing at the start of the season. Players switching off. You know, you should be fired up, ready to go. You know, at the start of the season, you know, you can kind of 
uh, so much understand it if not forgive it in like March April when you know the the fatigue the mental fatigue's kind of in um, you know and you've played you know three games in a week or something you can kind of you know, understand that if not forgive it but uh, at the start of the season, that's the last thing you want to be saying. You know, it really is. And I think Hassan Hoodle kind of said, you know, at this, at, at, at his um, interview afterwards, that it, that's not good enough. So I think he's a clever manager, though, Hassan Hoodle. I think yeah, I think they'll be okay. But um, I would, again, I'd be worried if I was a Southampton fan seeing that and seeing your player just giving up. Um, I don't think that'll be, that won't go down well at all. But yeah. was, um, was that Ginebo or was it Romeo? Because I don't think Lamina plays for them anymore. Or if you don't um, start alone. It's, it's I, I don't know it's the big lad in the big lad in the middle of midfield I can't remember his name I'm sure it's Lemire or something like that but um, it was so lazy though it wasn't Romeo it was like you know big a big I think it might have been Musa Ginepo I think that's who it uh, might have been Ginepo yeah or Salisu um, but it was, maybe it was back, but... so lazy like yeah. such a lazy thing to do and um, like I see you're worried if you're doing that for the first game of the season um, but yeah, you know, but I think again that's another result. I think a lot of people saw coming, though. You know what I mean? That would have been Everton, who've got a good home form anyway. Um, start the season, like I say, they've got themselves got themselves three points. You know, three points on the board, fourteen shots on goal as well that they had as well. So, yeah. um, you know, that's that's um, you know, a bit attacking intent. Uh, um, side note for you as well, so Nathan it, Broadhead on the bench. We've just signed him on loan today. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, yeah. It must, must I, mean well, a lot to get him on the bench for, his, for a Premier League game. Granted, yeah, he didn't come on, but, you know, that, that says something good about what we're getting. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, you know, like, I think it'll be a good sign, and hopefully, um, hopefully he'll hit the ground running, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, it, it is, I mean, I know, obviously, you know, doing me a little bit of homework about um, about that, you know, we'll I'll go very, very slowly into it, but... Um, it looks as if like uh, you know, I think a lot of them, you know, they're mm. picking the right loans for him. So, um, you know, fingers crossed he'll uh, come and be a, a success. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll move on to Brighton Burnley. Um, Burnley have just put a bid in for Maxwell Cornier today, who got sent off um, for Leon <laughs> on Sunday. Ironic one that. Um, but you know, um, Burnley got beat two one, but Burnley Burn Burnley took the lead through Tarkowski. Niall Mortbay came back and Alex Alexis Mac. Alistair, who is Argentinian, not <laughs> English, um, obviously got the second one. Um, what what was your thoughts on that game? I think it was it was won by Graham Potter that game, to be honest, because he brought two subs on. Um, one of them set up more pie for the goal, and then he brings on um, McAllister, who who scores the winner. Um, so you know, fair play to Graham Potter. You know, um, I'm I'm gutted for Sack to be honest, because <laughs> I really want to like, and I, and I did see it last. Last week, I don't think Burnley will go down. Um, but when you're losing your first game at home to Brighton, who are a team around, who are going to be a team around you, you know, and probably in the bottom, like the bottom here, bottom nine of the season, certainly in probably I would say from tenth to twentieth, then you've got to be looking at beating them teams at home. Um, so it doesn't set a good precedent, really. You know, they, they need to, they need to spend some money. I think you know, I think it's about time that that Burnley supported Dyche in the way that they should, if you know what I mean. Um, he's done such a good job there. But there's only so much you can do with the tools that you've got, you know what I mean? And sometimes it needs a fresh player to come in and just, you know, just kind of like, you know, bring a different perspective into it, you know. Um, you know what I mean? The, the majority of that size um, who played on Saturday, uh, they would have probably started the last game of last season, you know what I mean? So it's, 
it's um well, there's no new faces in that team it was the same team um i mean the only new face they had was nathan collins on the bench yeah so again and, and if you're playing like it's 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 all well and good to have that kind of you know a faith in them players but this is a team that finished fourth off bottom last season i mean there were no danger of going down but you know they, they were like the best of the worst, if you know what I mean. Probably, you know, sorry, the worst of the best, really, if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, they if they they were fourth bottom. So, you know, you got to look at that thing and do we change it over? Mm-hmm. Uh, do they bring some players in? They're, they're going to have to, I think. You know, because even looking at the bench players who are coming on, it doesn't exactly fill you with that much confidence. But I hope it can turn it around. You know, because I love I love Sean Dyche and I, I think Burnley were a great side, great, great, really, really well round club, but. That's a bad. That's a bad start of the season, that especially against you know a team who are going to be down there with you. You would expect, um, but on Brighton, you know, like I say, fair play to Graham Potter. I mean, I think Graham Potter is an excellent manager, and yeah. I think he'll get a big job somewhere. Um, but um, uh, you know, good start for them. A, a win away from home, and a team again, a team who who are going to be one of them. You know, teams that are around you. That's all they need to do. You know, Brighton, and then they'll be fine. You know, if they if they can do that and beat teams away from home, pick up the pick up the uh, the wins at home and, and the odd one away from home, they'll be they'll be fine. So uh, yeah, fair play to them. But yeah, it was a little bit saddened by that one. I must admit, you know. Yeah. I was very surprised actually. I only learned this today that Burnley have released Robbie Brady. Let's get him in at Sunderland. Um, and then uh, they're going for Maxwell Cornier. So. Got to his wages, yeah. <laughs> uh, then they're going for Maxwell Cornier, who effectively plays the same position anyway up the left. I mean, Maxwell Cornier is a good player. Um, that just surprised me a little bit. Um, Brighton, I think Graham Potter's beard probably has inspired them to that victory. It's brilliant. But they're going to have a hard time keeping hold of these for Sumer, in my opinion. They haven't replaced Ben White as of yet. But, you know, Duncan Duffy look good at the back. Ah, so, Dunks, I, I, to be honest, I'd rather sign Dunk than Ben White, but that's just me. Yeah. I think Dunk's a class Premier League player. I think yeah. he's very, very good. I think um, it's just the bother is, but Dunk, he's just got this like kind of really, really like ridiculous mistake in him. Yeah. Um, but he always pops up with like a few goals as well. Um, no, I think I think he's I think he's a proper good player, mate. Yeah. But um, we'll we'll see. Man. But yeah, you know, Brighton are all right. You know, Brighton are. The, I think it's like the fourth or fifth ta- like season in a row now in the, in the Premier League. It might even be more, and they keep on just doing enough. You don't know, and um, they're, they're all right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind them at all, really, uh, Brighton. But I would, like I say, a little bit sad, a little bit sad, just because we've got best interest in Burnley with having Zappa on a couple of times, haven't we? You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, <laughs> listen, all of that goes out the window as soon as the season starts. Uh, it's only one game, thirty-seven to go. But uh, we'll move on to the uh, the late fixture, which was uh, Norwich and Liverpool. Obviously, that was last fixture of Saturday. Then we'll go on to two Sunday games. Uh, Norwich Liverpool, obviously, ended three nil. I mean, there wasn't any surprise there. I mean, you know, when oh. Norwich went up, not last season, season before, Liverpool destroyed them. Um, pretty much the same, really. In all honesty, mm-hmm. Liverpool dominated the game three nil. I look at Norwich's team, and I really like Daniel Farker. I think he's. I think he knows what he's doing. He wouldn't have got them up again if he didn't know what he was doing. But then I just look at the team and I think there's just not enough in that team to mount a challenge to stay in the Premier League, in my honest opinion. And I think the Liverpool no. just outclass them. I mean, I do. I do agree with that. I mean, I think again, like you're saying, I think Norwich did all right against Liverpool the other night. Um, I thought the opening twenty twenty five minutes, Norwich were probably the better side. But as soon as 
like as soon as Liverpool scored, you knew that they were going to take over, and and that was the thing. If Norwich had scored whilst they were on top, the the might have been able to you know to, to kind of like to get a foothold in the game. But Norwich's problem is they don't. They've lost. Uh, they've lost. Obviously, lost Skip, who's gone back to Tottenham. Um, who did very, very well for them last yeah. season, you know, in, in their promotion with inside and actually looks a good player. Um, they lost, um, I can never see his name properly and I don't even know if I want to attempt it to, um, for Villa. Was it Brent, is it Brendia for, um, or Emiliano Brendia? Yeah, and he's, he, and he was fantastic last season for them. So they lose, but this always happens with Norwich, you know, they lose, they always lose the, the better players when they come up. Because their their kind of philosophy is if the, even if they go down, they've got this money again to mount the 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 correct kind of way to go back up again, you know. So I don't know if it's if it's like you know if they finish fourth or bottom, they'll see that as a huge huge season. But you kind of like you look at them and think are, are the three worst teams, and I know it's so early days and everyone has written them off. Yeah. But it's with good kind of like kind of confidence that you kind of think they're not going to win that many games, and um, you know they always look a little bit lax at the back, especially with Grant Hanley who's getting on a little bit. You know, I don't, I just don't know. I mean, I thought Liverpool were Liverpool were good enough. You know, I mean, I thought Salah was excellent. You know, I thought it was great seeing Van Dijk back. Um, you know, they they looked good. Um, whether I think they'll win the league this season, probably not. But I think they can they can do enough to mount that challenge, you know. Um, they can keep obviously Salah and Mane fit. You know, I like Jota through the middle. Uh, Firmino came on and scored, so you know that's a that's a great start for him because I mean he, he doesn't get many goals, although he does a lot for the team. Um, but yeah, it was just it was it, again it was another one of those games where you expected you know a lot of people probably said Liverpool will win quite comfortably and they did in the end. But um, listen, Norwich's season isn't going to be defined about losing three 0 to Liverpool on the first day of the season. They're going to have to be looking at beating the team like I've just said about Burnley and Brighton beating all sides. That's what that's Norwich's kind of like main kind of. Um, Look on this season. They need to be looking at beating the teams around them. You know, beating Liverpool. Any result against the better sides is a bonus. That's just bonus points in it. But you know, the big games are, are to come against the sides that are going to be in and around you. Whether they can do it or not, I don't know. But even if they do end up going down, I hope they keep hold of Daniel Farr because I think he's done such a good job there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, they've got to keep hold of Todd Cantwell as well. In my yeah. opinion, they cannot lose him. If they lose him, then they are. We might as well just, you know, write them off. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, we are looking at like, uh, I, I think I, I brought this point as well last week. There's still, you know, 15 days of a transfer window left, and the bother is with Norwich. It's not about who you think they're going to bring in. It's who you think they're going to let go of. And and if someone comes in for Cantwell, like. You know, Cantwell for me would be an ideal replacement for um, for Grealish at Villa yeah. long term because he's a similar kind of player. Yeah. Um, and if someone like Villa or someone comes in for him and he goes, and then they're still relying on Pookie for him. Pookie's yeah, Pookie's a, a good player. You know, he's a, he is a good player, but they can't keep asking him to to score. You know, na- you know, sixty seventy percent of your goals. You need to help him out a little bit more. Yeah. No, um. Really. So we'll see. We'll see with it, but um, you do worry about them, especially if they lose Cantwell. I think if, if Cantwell goes, I, think I would I would write them off like. 
Yeah, same, same. And obviously, just going to go on to honourable mention, Barley Mumble's on the bench there as well. Um, yeah, great to see and, that, actually. Yeah, 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 great to see that. Just wish we give him a chance, in all honesty. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to uh, Newcastle-West Ham. Uh, I watched this game, actually. And uh, you know what? Newcastle, for the first five minutes and... Uh, well, actually, for about the first five minutes and 40 seconds were really, really good. Um, but then seemed to just fall to pieces, in all honesty. 4-2. Callum Wilson got a goal. And you know what? Alan St. Maximum did brilliant with that and showed that in the rise a clean set of heels. Um, but other than that, like they just seemed to fall to bits. Um, how did you make that game? You, you know what it was? I think out of all of the games over the the first uh, the first weekend, that was probably the most entertaining one. You know, it was it was like the first half you couldn't keep your eyes off. It was so you know open. It was so end to end. You know, I kind of disagree with you saying Newcastle were great for five minutes. I thought the first half they were very very good. Yeah, um, no, I know. Yeah, you know, like I say, Mac, I thought Maximum was was fantastic. I mean, it's imperative they keep a hold of him. It's imperative he stays fit as well. Um, you know, Callum Wilson with his first game was the number nine top on getting a goal. Um, that's all you want, really. That's all. That's all you want. And. Yeah, they lost and they lost four two to to West Ham, but they gave them a really really good game. And you know, this is like a West Ham side. I mean, I hate to say them, but David Moyes, but this is a West Ham side who are in the Europa League. You know, West Ham are a good good side. You know, and will kind of add to their. I think they'll end up getting a few players in. Um, but you know, Newcastle led you know twice. You know, through through Murphy and um, as we mentioned, Callum Wilson. But West Ham, yeah, I think. The third, the, the 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 turning point was the penalty. I'm not sure if that's a penalty. I think that's soft, to be honest, and that's that's changed the game because they've scored straight away after that. But once you know West Ham had equalised for the second time in in the second half, you kind of thought there's only one team going to win it because they eventually the fitness took over. Um, you know Newcastle had a lot of you know like tired legs out there, did a lot of running in the first half, but I think. You know, I, I tipped them to go down last week. But if they play like that, they did in the first half, then there's going to be a lot worse sides come to St. James's than West Ham. You know, they'll be absolutely fine. You know, I, I was actually quite impressed by them. You know, it does pain us to say it, but we're trying like kind of keep an impartial view, you know, on this podcast, don't we? You know, because I mean, everyone knows who listens by now. If if not, then you know you you've been under a rock. Me and Gary are both <laughs> Sunderland fans, so it's hard to like kind of be nice about them. But you know, credit where credit's due. Them, I thought, like I said, I thought first half they were excellent, and I didn't see that coming from a Steve Bruce side, if you know what I mean by that. So yeah. I think it's obviously you know Graham Jones who who went there in January has kind of helped Steve Bruce play a more attacking style, um, which is what the fans want. Um, you know, there's still kind of these, you know, grumblings on with, with Mike Ashley and the takeover and this and that and the other. But I, if I was coming away from the ground yesterday, being a Newcastle, I'd be, I'd, I know they lost, but I would be a little bit kind of hopeful for the season with the attacking intent that they kind of put on show yesterday and if they can sort the defence and defending side out because there was a few couple of goals were slotted but there were some good goals Antonio's goal was a good goal wasn't it you know what I mean and and the first goal uh, was a little bit you know fortunate wasn't it through uh, Creswell uh, goes across everybody and I think Bowen touches it just over the line if Bowen touches that you know five six inches further back then that would be disallowed for offside because he, he, he was offside but um 
Yeah, I think I think they'll be out. You know, I think they'll both both sides will end up having half decent seasons. To be honest, you know, West Ham trying to get back in that top six, and you know, Newcastle's main aim is to steal. Um, you know, simple as. And if they can, you know, if they can steal by hook or by crook, then it's still a successful season. And then they've got the takeover, which may or may not happen. You know, I think it's more going towards it's not, but um, you, you never know. Um, and that will completely change. You know, the fortunes of Newcastle United, which would be. You know, absolutely awful. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the five minutes twenty seconds, a bit of a, a bit of a tongue in cheek joke being a Sunderland fan yeah. and stuff. But I'll put the unbiased aside for a minute there. Um, I did think they looked all right, and you know what? I think Alan St. Maximin is a fantastic player, and if they manage to actually keep a hold of him in this window, mm-hmm. that's a win for them. Yeah, whether or and not obviously they do Willett coming in, you know, Willett coming in who scored a lot of goals on him at yeah. the end of last season, and him providing that pace. Um, with you know Almiron, who who doesn't do much when apart from you know pace, you know his end quality is not great. Yeah. But they've got that like, you know, for counter attacking with him and Sir Maximum, you know Willick who can put in you know the goals. Callum Wilson, who's who is a goal scorer, then you know they're going to cause a lot of problems to teams, you know. And um, I mean, I'm I'm giving them far too much praise, mm. you know, for one week, so I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> but on on West Ham side of things. Um, I thought yesterday they were very, very good. And they never gave, you know, they never gave up. It's easy to go into your shell at St. James because, you know, the, the atmosphere that like, you can get there. But they, they did well to come back twice. You know, like I say, got a little bit fortunate with the first goal. But um, by the end of it, they were, they were comfortable by the end. And um, if if Moyes can get a couple of players, a couple of deals over the line, um They'll be a force to be reckoned with, you know, another one of those ones, like I said, trying to get into that top six. Yeah. Um, they were very close to getting the top four, actually, last year. They fell away a little bit towards the end, but um, again, it does pain to see it, but Moyes is doing an excellent job there. Um, so, you know, fair, fair credit, fair play, but I'm, I'm not giving him, too, again, I'm mm-hmm. not giving him too much praise. So, yeah, you know, that, think... that one I am not very impartial towards. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think they've got some good players. We'll see how they get on. They do need a, cute, uh, a few bodies in, like, before the window closes. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with them. But we'll move on to uh, the, the final game, uh, the big fixture on the Sunday. Tottenham City um, was actually a really good game to watch, to be fair. And I was very impressed yeah. with how Tottenham lined up for it, to be honest. Yeah, I thought Spurs were excellent. I thought they were. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I thought fully deserved that victory yesterday. I thought um, Nuno put an excellent game plan out. Um, I wasn't a huge kind of fan of Nuno going there because I don't think he plays particularly great football uh, with Wolves, you know. But like I said, I mean, the whole thing was wasn't it? The whole thing yesterday was: Will Harry Kane be on the bench? Will Harry Kane be start? Will Harry Kane be there? And he wasn't there. But you've got to remember about Spurs, although you know they are very much vested on this Harry Kane stuff. They've still got some top top players there, and Sun Hyung Ming, you know, is one of the best players in the Prem- in the Premier League. You know, one of the best strikers, and they're still going to get them a lot, a lot of goals. You know what I mean? But what I thought yesterday was very, very good about Spurs, which we don't all we've probably not said this for a long time. I thought their defence were absolutely fantastic yesterday. You know, and um. Uh, it's a Tantanga, the right back. He was brilliant. What a player he looks. Yeah, he was I mean, brilliant. He was absolutely fantastic. And um, I've touched on Skip, um, who who played in the middle of midfield from yesterday. I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. I thought Lucas Moira was absolutely fantastic as well. You know, um, Ali Burbine, all of yeah, Ali Burbine. Is it Holberg in the middle? Who, who you know, he was had fantastic for me. I thought yeah, he was man, he of, the man of the match. He yeah. was so good. Um, 
yeah, I think they'll be, you know, I think Tottenham, again, you know, they'll be going towards Europe. Um, we'll see what happens to Harry Kane. I think what would be best for Tottenham is a, get a solution to what's going to happen with Harry Kane. You know, if Harry Kane is going to be there in August, then that's that's great for them. If not, you know, let him go, let him go very quickly so they can bring a replacement in because they'll still, they can possibly get a strike when he won't score as many goals as Kings. Kings, you know, one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best. But if they've got like, you know, Son Young Ming, Moira, Ali playing like that, and whoever they get in to play up front is going to be going to score goals. So, um, I wasn't expecting that from them, you know. I must admit, I thought I thought City would win relatively comfortably, but City as well, you know, we'll go on. I mean, City need a, they do need a striker, they need a centre forward, yeah. but you know, you've got to look at De Bruyne was on the bench yesterday, has just come back from an ankle injury, you know, he he's to come back in and play. He'll play a lot, probably nearly every game for them. Um, Fordham was was missing, you know, Grealish for his first. For his first game there, probably wasn't it probably wasn't um, the, the the best ones from him. My main issue with City, yeah, especially yesterday, was they need to either sign a left back or play. Um, hell, I forgot his bloody Zinchenko. name. Zinchenko. Zinchenko, yeah, play him because Mendy is one of the worst defenders I have ever seen. You know, he is horrific. There's a lot of He's fine going forward. Him. He's absolutely fine going forward, but he is absolutely horrible defensively. Um, and that's probably what caused him yesterday. You know, um, he should have done a lot better for the goal. He let Sun come in on his, on his good foot. You know, um, I don't know what Diaz was doing either, you know, sliding in front of the ball. And it, it put Edison off because Edison had thought, obviously, Edison's expecting a touch then once Diaz does that. It puts Edison off, but. Pep won't be too worried about that, you know, and I wouldn't be too worried if I was a City fan, if I was a, a person who, who has back City to win the league, as I have, because for, for the players that they've got missing, who to come back in, you know, Fordham walks back in that side, De Bruyne walks into that side, they're obviously after Harry Kane, if, and if they get Harry Kane, I mean, that's just going to be just, you know, I, I would give City the title straight away if they get Harry Kane, and even, a, like, we had this conversation, didn't we, Erling Haaland, if Erling Haaland could come in and you know, they, they get, they, they're just, you just got an embarrassment of riches. They'll be absolutely fine. Say, I would not wear one defeat against a good side who are good at home. It isn't going to, it isn't going to, you know, define their season because they've lost one game this season. They're going to lose games. You know, this league, this season's going to be so much more tighter, you know, and one game in, they still played very well, but Spurs were just very, very good. Spurs were the better side, so fair play to them. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing you mentioned there was uh, Benjamin Mendy, so that's, oh, that there uh, puts divide on social media at the minute, so I've seen some stuff on social media about he's underrated, and I've seen stuff saying he's terrible, so what I'm going to do on our socials is I'm going to put out Bernard Mendy underrated or overrated, and we'll oh. see what kind of result we get with that. Um, I'll, hap- I'll happily pay the 50 pence that we have to pay to have expletives in this and say he is absolutely shite. <laughs> like, he is awful. I mean, like, he's, he's all right going forward. Don't get us wrong about that. You know, he's, he's not a bad attacking left back, but he just can't defend. And that's a problem against Spurs, whose best qualities are this attacking threat that they've got with Son. I mean, so, like I say, Son is a tremendous player. And Deli Ali on his day is one of the best players in the league, you know, um, in that position. 
Bergwijn, who has, has, has been blighted a little bit by injury since he signed for Tottenham, but a fit Bergwijn is a good player. I like him. And, I do like yeah, him. Yeah, I like him as well. And it's just, oh no, he was just pathetic. He was awful. I don't know how, I, I don't know who does like the match ratings for like in the in the papers and stuff, but there was like a couple of fours and fives. I mean, I'd have had him at minus. So he was that bad. He was so bad. I mean, um, no, I don't think he's un- <laughs> he's underrated at all. I just don't think he's a very good defender. Um, and you have to be, you have to have that. You still have to be a good defender to play left back because your main your main prerogative is to defend, you know, and and getting forward and stuff like that. So, but no, I think City need to sign a left back or play or play Zinky there, like because um, I would be worried if if um, Mendy's my first choice left back. Like I'm, I'll be absolutely, I wouldn't have. Nah, I probably would have something, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be so worried if I was a save on watching him. You know, especially when they're going to come up against, like, you know, the likes of Barca, Real Madrid or whatever in, in the Champions League. And I'd be absolutely petrified, yeah. to be honest. Uh, I mean, one thing that we need to correct as well from last week is Fernandino has not been released. I thought he had. Oh. He played centre mid. Um, but you know what, right? I think Man City, they did look all right. I think Grealish, you know, he's, he's going to take time to adjust, in all honesty. He has went from being a big fish in a small pond to a fish in a in a pond full of big big fish as well. Um, we'll see how he gets on. I'm at, like, obviously this divides opinion between me and you in regards to Jack Grealish. I'm not saying anything about him today. Um, it is going to take him time to adjust in a Man City team. That's granted. Um, Ferran up front, false nine. I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him play as a false nine. Um, I think he was relatively quite quiet, but they are going to need a forward. Um, which whether or not that's going to be key and we'll, we'll see by the end of the window but for me Hoiberg is just my type of player like I thought yeah. he was absolutely fantastic yeah. he's the kind of player I would want in my team who's going to knock people around and I think him and was it Lucas Moura that they, they did end up winding up Grealish because ultimately Grealish got a yellow card for going in hard on Moura uh-huh. Um, but you know it's one of those things we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with them getting yeah. a striker so what I want to do now and obviously just finish off the pod because that was the last game is I yeah. just want to uh, put out there who your player of the the week was who really stood out for you this week and I think I probably right. know who you're going to say got to be the guy who gets the hat trick, hasn't it I mean I know Pogba set up four and, and and he was absolutely amazing, but Bernard, uh, Fernandez, you know, just, you know, great hat trick, you know, all types of different goals. His his third one was was a beautiful finish, and I can't look beyond him. Like uh, I can't look beyond that. Um, but Pogba definitely runs him a close second. So I thought Pogba was immense. Ah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I, Who I did was... you think I was going to say? Like, was it was it Bruno? Like, one hundred percent. I knew one hundred percent it would be Bruno. Yeah, got to be, man. I knew because Bruno has the edge because he's in the dream team at the end of the day. So I knew straight away it was Bruno. But um, no, mate. I mean, you're you're right. Him and Pogba were, were absolutely fantastic. Um, cannot look beyond them. I mean, you know. I'd probably look at Brentford's entire eleven due due to their win for Arsenal. I just thought the first game in the Premier League were brilliant as well. But yeah, Bruno for me as well, mate. But um, yeah. we'll 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 leave it on that note as well. It's been a really uh, really good pod. Um, fifty seven minutes we've recorded there now. Really good review of the Premier League, mate. Um, really appreciate you. Uh, you know, joining us tonight at twenty past nine to record this <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, I I mean, and to be honest. 
I know I have mentioned, but I've broken a bone in my foot on Friday, so I am a little bit in pain. And I've, I don't know if you can hear with my voice, Gary, but my, my throat's a little bit knocky, knocky. But, you know, it's fine. It's good to start. Like I said, good to talk about football again. And um, nice to see uh, Brentford's fans as well. I will mention this. Was it Brentford's fans? Yes, it was. Brentford fans giving a stand ovation for uh, Saka when he came on. That was so... Fantastic. So heartwarming. And... Um, you know, I wish I could change Bruno to Brentford for being, you know, the the, the highlight of, of the weekend, but I, I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah that's, that's so good to well. see. It's nice yeah. to have a couple of like, you know, so uh, a nice sort sort of like good news stories for this week for the for the Premier League. To be honest, it's great to have a battle, loads of goals. You know, it's very enjoyable games, as you said. You know, and uh, a few surprise results. So um, if this is the first week, um, I think we're in for a hell of a season. I totally agree, and the fans are back. Um, which exactly is fantastic, we're all with us, aren't we? Especially the support at Brentford as well. There's obviously other games. Uh, mm. Great to see them back. Um, but yeah, mate, I really uh, appreciate Gary. You. Just very, very quickly, if you don't mind, I know we're um, we're both obviously Saracen lads as well, and just a very, very, very quick Elliot mention <laughs> to um, a Saracen lad, Elliot Embleton getting his first ever goal for Sunderland. Um, I know how much that will mean to his family. You know, um, I know his dad very well and his uncle very well, um, and obviously very well done hope that's the first of many for him but very very quick just to mention that um obviously you know coming from the same village and everything and you know we kind of it's, it's a very very good news story for the village of a village that has struggled um over over the years obviously with the um closing of the mines and stuff like that so um really want to give him a, 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 a mention on this podcast really i totally agree with that and on a personal standpoint i've got to be honest with you i'm actually quite impressed by the signings that we've made we you know um obviously not to go into talking about no we'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that for another day yeah. mate. but yeah i agree with you All i right. agree with you we'll, we'll, no. we'll leave that we'll, we'll talk about i think we're on about getting a couple of you know we're on about doing a, a podcast aren't we about something so um that'll be great but uh-huh. yeah you know it's, it's great to see a different it's a different look on it i think it's a different look on um the way that we're going to try and go after the league in in investing in youth and getting young hungry players from good sides um and you know, obviously the Shirkin deal is, is a fantastic deal, but you know the guy from uh, West Ham Alves who who has played for West Ham in preseason, you know the guy who you mentioned um, right from up. Everton who was on the bench for Everton, um, obviously Doyle from Man City, um, so they are good signings, and you know Sunderland have had a very very good start of the season, Hargate tomorrow against Burton, but so far I've been very very impressed by them, so it is a it is very good, but like I say, well we will leave that for another day. We will, we will. But thanks for joining us tonight, Anne. No worries, mate. Thanks very much. I'll see you soon. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.